interesting bodies of work for any rapper i think in canada he, he's he's one of those guys i'm there, there's a few artists like this there's like guitarists that no one else has ever heard of and the industry not that no one's ever heard of decides but just giving you an example and the industry cats like the guitar players are like oh that guy's the best guitar player he's fucking amazing this kind of it, it, i mean he had some successes in canada no doubt he had um he had a bunch of stuff on the radio he had a hit but his but his biography is I think what people kind of um, were drawn to. He's had a tough go of it. I'll let him explain it. But the way that his life trajectory went, um, as he told me just earlier before we went on air, is it is sort of like a movie. And it's got tragedy in it. And it's got redemption in it. And it's got a whole bunch of stuff. So why don't we talk about that with the man himself? He's here. His name is... Decisive. Derek, what's up, buddy? I'm doing very well. How are you? I am also doing very well. You sounded like Johnny Depp there. And you even have his mustache from one movie. I don't remember which one. I will not turn that down or I will not refuse that compliment. Even if it's like... <laughs> I always even thought if you looked like Johnny Depp. <laughs> even if it's 2022 Fat Depp, I'll take Fat Depp. Fat, I'm fat, not opposed to Fat Depp. Fat, Hold fat on. Depp's got to I, 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 I want to post a link so we can get some people in here live. Yeah, there's going to be... Some, okay, cool. Dude, D1 no. I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't Dean, announce. I'm Dean glad you up. you're getting mad. No, hold okay. on. What's the exact link to this? Just because I want to oh, put it on here. Instagram. Here, hold on. Sexed it to <clears> me. <throat> Yo, Dean Blundell just tweeted. Yeah, he's my boss, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted yeah. to ask what the connection was. Yeah, that's it. Um, we were on the Dean Blundell network, and then it was uh, merged or whatever with another company, and now we're called Cryer Media. Yeah. So if you look at the link I just sent in the chat thing, is that good? Yeah. I wonder if there's a way. Can you text that to me? I know this is very unprofessional, but just so I can no, just no, go. This is, what's good about this, Derek, is that we're doing it live on air because this is yeah. the best content, right? We could do four hours of this content, I think. Yeah. Dude, you need to tell Dean Blundell that I want to be his friend and I want to like <laughs> go on his show. I love Blundell, man. So him seeing him tweet me is a bit of a trip to me right now. He's the greatest um, DJ we've ever had in this country. I think. Yeah. Like, I'm not talking about hip-hop DJs and shit. I'm just talking about radio guys. Yeah, he, he's yeah. a billion percent up there. Yeah, look okay. at my camera now. That's great. That's good stuff, guys. Yeah, but you're still very, you're still very clear. No, not clear at all now. I have no picture at all. <laughs> great. Oh, now you're gone. Oh, what are you going to do? I wish Dean Blundell was watching so I can tell him uh, to his to his ears that I want to be his best friend. Yeah. Look at this. Look at me. <laughs> Is that weird <laughs> that I'm saying that? I don't think I don't know how Dean would take it. He'd be like, hey, pal, that's great. Or something like that. Nah, he'd like it. Why? People like yeah, it's like nice it. being friends. It's nice to have friends. Do you still have a lot of friends that you grew up with? Mm. Not really, to be honest. 
I feel like there's like two kinds of people. There's people that like don't want to have anything to do with um, the friends that they had when they were young. I still can't get my image on for some reason. And oh, that's why. And then there are um, people that um, only have those younger friends. And I kind of like, I don't even like going to my hometown. I hate going through the mall in my hometown. I don't want to see anybody. I don't wear my glasses or contact lenses. I just put my head down and go. Yeah. Because yeah, what's your home? Like, what's your hometown? Whitby. Whitby, Ontario. My, I have That's uncle. Right. I have an uncle from Whitby, Ontario, and a cousin named Robbie. And that cousin was he was the first person to ever introduce me to Wu Tang Clan, Whitby, Ontario. Wow, yeah, dude, Whitby is like it's the mecca of hip hop. I'm telling you, the uh, chaos is from there. He's from my hood. Yeah, um, the pocket pocket dwellers, Nigel and Sheldon, are from Whitby as well. That was the first time I met Chaos at uh, S Love Studio. Rest in peace, S Love. Yes, that bummed me out hard. Oh my god! You know what's you know what's really cool about him? A bunch of stuff, but one of the cool things is that I talked to him. Uh, I guess a month after he was diagnosed, I didn't know. And we talked on the phone for like two and a half hours and we talked about like just everything. And, um, and then, um, Nigel told me like a week later that he had been diagnosed and then he was like gone like two weeks after that or three weeks after that or something like it wasn't very long. And, um, Nigel told me, he's like, yeah, Sheldon didn't want to tell people that he, what he was diagnosed with because the conversations always went in a way that was all sullen and awkward and everything. So he's like, he Wanted to talk to you, James. So he's, I gave him your number, and he spent two and a half hours talking on the phone with you, probably because he knew it was the last time you were going to talk. And I was really? like, fuck. That's actually kind of cool. Like, and I realized how much influence Sheldon had on me because um, when, I start, when, I was, when I wrote, any, like I, I write all the time, and when I was writing some bars after he had passed, and then I recorded like a scratch track, my mind was like, what would Nigel and Sheldon think of this? And I realized I have, a, I have a neural pathway, a Sheldon neural pathway, where anytime I write something new, I subconsciously or automatically think, what would Sheldon think, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, did, did you work with him a lot? I didn't know that. No, we worked once many, many, many years ago uh, via Oren Isaacs, who we mm. spoke about the uh, other day. Oren Isaacs was, for those of you listening who are unaware, he was the band leader slash musical uh, supervisor on open mic with Mike Bullard, Canada's probably only like talk show ever. Yeah. And uh, when yeah, I got so, to know, yeah, it's very good. No, well, Oren did an album called where I'm from and uh, he, I, I think I was on two songs. One of them was called where I'm from. No, it's the album was sorry. The album was called where I'm from. And the song was called EW because we were both from Eglinton West. So Oren yeah. wanted to do a song to pay homage to our street. And S. Love produced it. So I remember, I still have the memory of driving up to Whitby to work with him. And Nigel was also there. And at the time, I was, a, I, well, I was like 16 years old. And oh, wow. I'm a, a massive fucking Pocket Dwellers fan. And not, mm. that, this is a side story. I get sidetracked a lot. No, so go, I'm go, like, please, please. I, Never talk I, about like, how you get I'm, sidetracked. Just sidetrack. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, pre I'm prefacing this interview with uh, an apology because I go, I'm, I'm all over the place. Plus, you just uh, had a schwitz, everybody. So I ahead. did. That is a true story. Uh, I just got back from the pool. And yeah, so not, when I came back, 
maybe six or about three. Well, I, I came back officially four months ago, but I started toying around with verses and the odd song here or there about six or seven months ago. Just dro- I dropped a few singles uh, mm-hmm. called The Suboxone Diaries, and Nigel messaged me and on Facebook, and I hadn't been on Facebook for like five years, but he was one of the first people to message me and, you know, send me this huge message about, you know, how happy he is to see me back and how proud he is of me. And mm-hmm. he remembered me from being a kid and just like, and it almost brought me to tears because he's one of those artists whom I forever worship. And he is like a massive talent. And one of the reasons why I even wanted to rap. So to get a message like that from someone like him, it just made my That's brain great. explode. And, and you know what, man, like knowing, knowing Nigel, I know him really well. He's a good friend. Um, he, he he meant every word of whatever he wrote. He's not the kind of cat yeah. to like to, to just blow blow sunshine, right? Like he's he meant it, and um and I think that plus he's got like three kids, a wife, and now a dog. He doesn't have got time for this shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. So if he wrote Nigel it, he ain't got really time meant for it. that. <laughs> he doesn't. Yeah, he really doesn't. No, it, it it meant it really meant the world to me coming from him because he was someone that like many times I had seen Nigel perform. And I would yeah. walk away thinking, I, why am I doing this? Like, what I will never be that good. Here yeah. I am, yes. a stiff and just, white guy just kind of going like this. And Nigel's all over the place. Like, I, I'm talking about every stiff yeah. white guy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, That's what, what she said. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Very Boom! good. Boom! Well done, Derek. One on the, bo- <laughs> one on the board. One on the, um, still got it. They, you need they, a soundboard so it can go, smoking. Yes. Well, I do have one. On Casual Friday, we have one. Ryan has the board. My Casual Friday is basically like this. I can do anything I want, but I don't want to do anything. So when it comes to assets and stuff, then I I pile it up all up on my co-host, Ryan. Because I do so many podcasts that I'm just like burnt out by this time. You know, I don't want to sit there and... Yeah, I don't want to sit there and and just have all these pictures floating around. Is Ryan your Jamie? Like, do you listen to Rogan? Um, I used to listen to Rogan before um, he went to Spotify, and there was no reason why I really stopped. I think it's because I, I consumed him via YouTube. Um, mm. I don't really care about his politics. I don't care about any of that shit. I, I like his show because you learn more about Bernie Sanders in two hours on Joe Rogan than you do for 12 minutes on CNN. That's why I like it. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. a good interviewer. He's Are a very you a Rogan good guy? interviewer. I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, but I, I don't, like, pay mine to, like, the bullshit. You know, like, I don't know. You know, the hand I, up there I, is more distracting than the light. There you go. Don't worry about it, man. I, I'm just try, trying to figure it out. It's so, like, so white. Um, Do you have yeah, any no, I, I you can hang on it, Derek? I might. That's a very probing I'm, like, I, I'm, I'm wearing. I'm wearing it right now. You only very see the sweater. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm, like, I'm Winnie the Poohing it right now. No pants, just shirt. Um, no, the, nothing. <laughs> I, I'm trying to help you. Um, <laughs> the hiatus is in your career. Sorry, I know I'm gonna, I, I want to talk about this because we really actually have like 50. Are you gonna come on the casual Friday? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's literally like you yep. won't have to do anything, and five minutes will go by, and then you'll be back, kind of thing. Um, the, the, the gaps in your career, um, where you, where you had to sort of decompress and regroup, are they connected? Like I know the like you, you had um your mom passed away. This is a very well known thing. Your mom passed away, and you 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 kind of slid into a depression, 
and you were out of music, was it for like six years or something like that? And then I believe you put out this. Is this the album that you came out with after the hiatus? Let the Children it, Die? Well, well, technically, well, the hiatus was based oh, um, more on my, on my father's passing. Um, okay. My mom died in 97 when I was 17, but mm. it was in two, yeah, when my, well, the, the hiatus kind of started around 2002 because my father got sick. So I had spent about a solid, excuse me, three or four years taking care of him as his health just got worse and worse. And then when he passed away, there was a good two years after that where I was just like, yeah, bad. And then I came back with the book, I believe, I believe in two, I think it was 2008 or, or late two, or May 2000. I think it was 2008 now, but, but, but you're technically right with let the children die because the mm. book though, people would consider it an album. It's, it wasn't really an album. And I always feel weird telling this story because the book really like not just brought me back, but it kind of as an artist placed me on a completely different tier because when I faded away, I was more just like the battle rapper who didn't really have a voice, you know, all the material. I, I was also confused back then you know, like influenced by the success of Eminem. I, I thought I had to be like a shock rapper to be successful. Mm. I didn't really know where, but I also hadn't really lived. You know, there were no life experiences. There was nothing to talk about. So Herb, uh, Daryl Rodway from Herbnet Records, who released pretty much all of my material, um, he was, you know, what a great label guess, that supporting was, eh? me. Fantastic. And he, he was a huge fan. And I remember I was living in a basement apartment in Gl on Glenholm Avenue, uh, not far from uh, Dufferin and Eglinton. And he would come over and just be like, dude, man, please, please put out music, please. So I had just started working, recording again. And I had recorded kneecaps with Norman Crates from The Archaeologist. I just had, and, and basically what the book was, was just a few songs I had on a hard drive. And Daryl was just like, well, let's just put that out. It's just so, you know, people know you're coming back. And in the meantime, I was working on Let the Children Die, which is the album that you showed. And I was treating that like it was my masterpiece. That's why, like, it's weird for me to go back and re-listen to the material again, because the book doesn't really feel like a cohesive body of music to me. You know, right. people who are fans of that disagree. But that's why there's, like, the random you know, when white boys listen to hip hop song, it's, it's just kind of, but, but, but it really was just here's seven songs. Here's an order that makes sense. And even the album cut, like, to be honest, I, I hate the fucking cover of that album. Oh, like it's it just spy versus it, it spy for you. Is that why? Well, no, no. Let the children die. I love the book. Yeah. No, this, I love like that. It's yeah, great. I love this image you know, too. I, if, yeah. yeah, I, I would maybe do it. I would do it a little bit differently now, but that was like the birth of the Noblet character, essentially. But the book, that album, I fucking hate that album cover. Like it just, it looks like total diarrhea, and it it it, it didn't. It just we just didn't execute what we were going for, and I I remember ruining a pair of Air Jordan fives on the day <laughs> that we took the picture for the book album cover. It still bothers me, and it's like they're worth like one Kanye later. now too, Jordan fives, right? 
Um, what yep. was I going to say? You know, it's it's interesting because there are when 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 our parents pass away, um, and we fall into a dark place. It can be because we miss the goodness that was in our life, but for some of us, it could also mean, fuck, we wish we had time to repair any of the things that maybe had gone wrong. Did you have? Um, which one did you have? Well, it's it, it to me what I'm struggling with now, and it, and and it's been happening for a few years. It's not repairing. Bec- um, I don't know. My my relationship with my father was like, and I I don't say this in with a you know victim victim yeah. tone. Like you know, I'm not one of those guys. That's it's like, but, but the there are is, the truth is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but like I there I I just have questions. You know, like things that you know, when my father was ill, things that I, at at 25 years old, 24 years old, that I didn't give a shit about that now at 42, I kind of care about, you know, like, just like, what, what was he like when he was younger? Like, I, and and I, I find that the only real things I know about my father, with the exception of, like, his love for my mom, is, you know, bad things, you know, like, he, he, you know, just like, I don't know. I, I don't like to talk about this too much because I, I, I don't want to paint a horrible portrait of him. But like, you know, he had his days when he, you know, committed petty crimes and went to jail and just shit like that. But meeting my mom completely changed him. Like she oh, was the, yeah. you know, the angels. And that's why. Yes. And that's why he couldn't get over when she passed. He was the guy that got hit uh. and eventually, you know, died because of it. And but I think if I could have those moments back, that's like even questions about my grandfather, you know, like my grandfather and I were very close. He essentially raised me until I was 10 because my parents were working like crazy shifts. Right. But I, you're 10. You know, it's not like my grandfather and I are sitting there having long conversations about fucking Macedonia. Like, you know, I'm sitting on his lap. Tell or watching Macedonia, Fred Penner. Grandpa. We- <laughs> So, you know, I I, I think that's where I'm at with my dad. You know, it it took many years of therapy and shit for me to get over certain humps that I that I'm at peace with now with regards to the negative aspect of my relationship with my dad. But I think that's mainly it. I just have questions. And what it does to art that will never be answered. Yeah. Sorry. Well, and I think that is that a glimpse into your uh, non-belief? I share that if that's what you're talking about. Like you can never know the answers. There's an implication there that there's no afterlife. Is that? Uh, I don't or just know imagine the afterlife. Just had no, I, I imagine, just meant- imagine the afterlife just had no answers. Welcome to the afterlife. Oh, great. I can't wait to get all the answers. Oh, I'm sorry. We don't have any. Mm. <laughs> Fuck. Or you just <laughs> restart. My, a friend of mine told me this weird theory and I don't know it. I, I, I I'm kind of, I'm one of those guys where like, some things I don't believe some things are appealing to me and I I feel like I want to believe them more than Mm. I actually do but he just told me this and I think it's like a published theory but how we and I'm sorry if I sound dumb butchering it but like we we but the idea is we essentially we keep going at the same life over and over Hmm. until we get it right like you know in a weird way like it's fun to imagine it but like this is like you know, our 70th loop at where we are. I don't know. I don't know. It, but, but it, it kind of like, I don't know that that's one of the only things that ever really like I found interesting about, I think like I, discussing about afterlife. and shit. Yeah. 
Well, reincarnation is always interesting. I, I have a line in a in the thing that I did where it's like I want to reincarnate like a sacred magistrate and find the picture of the old me in my ex widower's locket. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm intrigued by people that have belief systems like that, like you know where you can where and and, and there are. Um, Apparently, there's different levels. Like, I don't believe in any of this shit, but apparently people that do, there's different levels of reincarnation where you actually can access the memories of your past life, like, every day. Like, you can, until you remember the entire life. <laughs> and so now you're living like two people. I, it, it's it's yeah. a weird one. That's why I don't believe in any of this shit. None of the, it's, when, when you can't prove something, I just can't believe <laughs> in it. You know, like. Just, but that was story. like such a nice thing you just said. But I love that it turns, that's why I don't believe in this fucking garbage. <laughs> It sounds like Amway. First you get to this level, and then you got to that level. Like it's just like okay, yeah. I guess so. But there are certain things I I will say I kind of do believe in, and and I, it's hard for me to talk about them because I always feel like I'm saying something stupid. Like I feel like I'm not using the proper verbiage. But like with regards to like the idea of you know, the universe kind of giving you mm. back what you give in. I And the reason why I believe it is because I've had uh, way too many. Wow, my brain is mud right now. What's the word I'm looking for? Coincidences, you know, and, and there's I've had a number mm. of like moments where I was like, oh, shit, you know, but then I don't know. But then I would talk to a friend of mine who I won't say his name, but he's very pessimistic. And he's like, no, it's just the way it fucking happened, man. It's not like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Because I, I, when I was like going through my like addiction years, I mm. was the most negative person on the planet. I was pessimistic. I was the victim. It was the world yeah. against me. I was just, I was on another planet. And then the minute I decided I have to live, I have to be here for my daughter. I have to get my wife back. I got to change. And I, and I, I, I was listening to like Tony Robbins videos, but just about like being positive and it was nothing yeah. heavy. Like, you know, not even, I wasn't even on like reading about law of attraction or anything like that, but it was just like, just change, you know, just change the way you see things. And the moment I did, things started to change. Now, I don't know if that's a magical thing happening in the air or around us, but the moment I did, kind of switch lenses i don't know shit yeah no there's a, there's change, a thing that you know, happens like, there's a there's yeah. a thing that happens like synchronicity is like that synchronicity is a is a weird thing because it's just like your life path constantly has like millions of tributaries that possibly could be happening if you make that little tweak there in your life or just a random yeah. on the spot decision there and your whole life changes and it's what the weird thing is though is that you're still the singular thread so it has to be a a, a uh, like about you in a sense, but we're all kind of living on our own threads. So like the, the one example I have is that I, I randomly, and I'll tell the short version, ran into a guy at the train station because I offered him an unsolicited cigarette because he looked stressed out. And that was in the year 2000. And he's still like basically my best friend, you know? And he could have just walked oh, by. Really? He didn't ask for it. Yeah, he didn't ask for the smoke. He could have just walked by. And so to me, the, the synchronicity thing is the difference between going like that and not going like that. And it tells me, and it was Nigel that told me, he dropped me off at the Pickering Go station many moons ago. And he was like, I was, I was just in a bad place. And he was like, dude, you, you know, you were a conductor, man. Like your life is just the instruments. And if you could make a song, then you're good. Why don't you try doing something for somebody without being asked? And I'm like, okay. And 10 minutes later I did. And that guy became my best friend. Like, you know, like it, 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 so I feel you. Like the, it, it's hard to, to define things, but I like experiencing them, you know, like that, that's always yeah. a 
plus the 70 virgins i'm not looking forward to i don't know if that's true or not but it probably isn't because it's no. a religious thing but um derek stay right there um stay right there if, if you're watching this or listening on spotify or apple um there is a part two to this and it collides in with our casual friday which is going to start any second now so uh derek hang in there and we'll be right back <clears throat> oh yeah that's a good way to do it black ball music and the rock stars who make it he just was one of those people he, he stood out he was a magic guy he really was a magic guy all we all have force he had the same amount of force as we all have this was before led zeppelin robert was full on i mean he was led zeppelin without the band behind him he had the hair the jeans the whole thing you know and he was amazing the records and rock stars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts all the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com Kids. I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we, we the perfect, perfect podcast, podcast for you. you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous. Or sexy. Catch us on, on the Dean Blundell Network. Or on our YouTube channel. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Because, because democracy, democracy is, is something, something you do. do.